Hi, you're listening to Cool Chats, the Cool Choir podcast, profiling the personal lives of our members across Calgary, Western Canada. You can find more information on Cool Choir by visiting coolchoir.com or at our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thanks for listening. Hello everybody and welcome to season two, episode eight of our Cool Chats podcast. I am really excited this week to be chatting with really a truly inspirational member of Cool Choir. This lady has quite a lot to deal with in her life, but when you meet this tour de force of excitement and energy, you absolutely would never imagine for a second that this lady struggles in any shape or form. We're going to hear a little bit more about this today and this amazing story from Cool Choir member Elaine Lapointe. Elaine, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you, Jamie? Well, I'm probably doing a little bit better than you. I know you've had a little bit of a long night with your fur baby, is that right? <laughs> yes, it was It was a little bit of a long night. He was, uh, he was neutered yesterday, so he's a little bit, uh, has to wear the cone of shame and Wanted to cuddle all night. Oh, bless him. So you've got, you've got, sorry, just to clarify, you have a little, you have a little dog, is that right? Yes. And what's his name? His name is Gizmo. Oh, that's a funky, cool name. Love it. And, and funnily enough, yeah, it is. And, and you know, um, someone asked uh, when we were on a Zoom, uh, where's Gizmo? And I lifted up Gizmo, and so did Jerry, because Jerry's little dog is also named Gizmo. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Not the same breed yes. as well. They look, they're not the same breed, but they look very much alike. It was so funny. So what breed is your Gizmo? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is the only bad thing about, is to say the name of his breed, because he's called a Catan de Chulier. Oh my gosh, I think I would need several glasses of wine to be able to pronounce that properly. <laughs> uh, I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I've had to say it, I would be a very rich lady because people ask me over and over. But um, they are the greatest little dogs. So fun. Um, and you know what, Jamie, if you ever get a dog, this is a dog for you. Loves the snow beyond reason. <laughs> Well, I've seen many photos on Facebook of uh, Gizmo kind of rolling around in the snow, so I don't doubt that for a, a second. And he's a short-haired or long-haired breed. Well, they're um, the breed is actually long-haired. Uh, like if you look online, they they, they um, there's there's ones with long hair, but um, a lot of people choose to keep theirs short because. The, the reason for their name is the Catan is because they feel like cotton. You'll never feel anything softer in your life. And they don't have fur, they have hair. Um, and uh, it, it's extremely soft, but it, uh, it, it, can get, it, it can get quite matted. So, and it can get hot and annoying. So he, he just has a little puppy cat. So it's well, just I know as long. Quite a companion for you, Gizmo, and you always talk very fondly and passionately. I mean, I have to say, this may break your heart slightly, and to the listeners out there, I have never, ever had the pleasure, or the honour, should I say, of owning a pet dog. I mean, I feel like there's two camps of people. There's the dog owners and the cat owners, and I feel for me personally, um, I just tend to fall into the cat category. I've had 
cats all my life basically but I've, I've actually never had a dog when I go out walking as I do daily and I see people with dogs I do a little piece inside me thinks oh gosh I really really wish that I could um you know think about having a dog my concerns for me personally are that I feel they are um a lot of work a big commitment we do like to travel a lot and I feel like uh, it would break my heart to have to just to have to go away for two weeks and say goodbye to this terribly loyal, you know, pet. And I, I just don't think I could handle it, really. Well, we, we are very lucky in that we have a very, very good friend that um, is a friend of the family and uh, does pet sitting. So when we go away, um, it, it uh, he, he either go, goes there and, and with our last little dog, it was like... Uh, don't come back. I want to go and stay with Linda. So, Charming. so, Charming. <laughs> because I, I wouldn't, I would never put, I would never put a, a, a dog in a, I couldn't put a dog in a kennel or anything like that. So, and we've got family here. So we're very lucky. We've got the best of, best of both. No, and absolutely right. This whole idea of putting a, you know, putting uh, an animal in a, a kennel, I just, I just couldn't. I mean, you know, with the cats, like we can go away for a weekend, and you can, you know, you can just put, actually put enough food out for two days and water, and you don't need anybody to look after. They don't need walking or anything. But uh, it's hard enough putting a, a cat in a cattery, let alone a, um, a dog in a kennel. But your dog is quite the companion to you, as uh, we know. Now, uh, you have been your name was suggested to me by quite a few people that, that that were very interested to hear a little bit more about your story because uh you are a very very inspira inspirational lady in more ways than one now for those that aren't aware elaine travels around her day-to-day -day life uh, as a wheelchair user and yet when you talk to elaine and when you speak to elaine you absolutely would have no clue no idea uh whatsoever about some of the sort of the you know the, the limitations or struggles or unlimitations should I say that she potentially has in her life because of her attitude towards her life and her zest for life in general and I'm hoping that your podcast today is really going to inspire people but perhaps you'd like to start by telling everybody a little bit about yourself and your and your life to this point Elaine. Well I was um, I was born in Scotland um, and, and came to Canada, came to Edmonton as, as a child and, uh, and um, absolutely hated it, was terribly, terribly homesick and mostly because my family was all back in Scotland and, and it's not like now where you've got FaceTime and cheap flights. We just didn't see anybody anymore. And uh, and then we moved from Edmonton to, to Kelowna and uh, both, both places I was always very involved in music. Um, I, was, uh, I was in a choir, a semi-professional choir in Edmonton, the girls choir. And um, unfortunately uh, we moved to Kelowna the year we were supposed to go and perform for the um, opening of the World's Fair in Japan. So that would have been exciting, but it was lots of fun and we moved to Kelowna and uh, then I came to Calgary to go to university and uh, stayed here ever since. Never left. <laughs> I know and, the feeling. 
and like, did, did you want to know about like from then on or from how I became in a wheelchair or? I think it'd be very interesting because I, you know, you have, uh, I think you were explaining before with the podcast that you, that you are diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was just recently. I've, I've been in a wheelchair since I was 24, 1980. And, uh, um, it was, it, it I spent a year in the hospital and it was very tricky because as it turns out, I have two different neuromuscular disorders. And just um, just in the last uh, four years, I found out that I, I hadn't known it, but I've always had muscular dystrophy. And, um, and, and pool choir will always um, be, be a huge part of that journey for me because um, Having finding out I had muscular dystrophy was difficult because I was looking at a whole different path. I'd always worked very, very hard to um, just keep my upper body strong so I could stay independent, do all the things I love to do. But now I was dealing with a disease that was going to be progressing, and uh, but that uh, that was okay. Um, we could manage that. But the the difficult thing for me was that it was. Um, a 50 to 75% chance that uh, my daughter had it. And uh, subsequently, my grandsons had it as well. Um, when I was diagnosed with the other disorder, I went to genetic counseling to make sure that it was all right for me, safe for me to have a child. But I didn't know about the muscular dystrophy. No one, they didn't have the genetic testing they have now. And so I didn't know. And, and I've talked to a friend about it lately. And it's an interesting, it's an in interesting thing to ponder because I said to her, I said, I would never, had I known, I would never have children because I would never have taken the chance. But then I look at my daughter and I look at my grandsons and I think if I had made that decision, they wouldn't be on this earth. And they're all very, very wonderful people. And so maybe it was meant to be somehow, um, but uh, I don't know if you say this at every beginning, but my very, very first night at Cold Choir, you said, does, does anyone have anything exciting that they'd like to share? Because it was our first time back since the summer. And I just found out the day before that um, uh, Kim had tested negative for muscular dystrophy, my daughter. So I just, I wouldn't, that was my first night, but I just wanted to say, yes, yes. <laughs> I have your, something so your... exciting. My daughter is, does not have what I have. So I will always remember that feeling and that just, yeah, the, the pure joy of her being okay and the pure joy of joining this choir and yeah. And I'm really, really pleased that you know that the music because actually there's a lot of research being done in recent years now for i mean actually i've there's a, an article out today strangely enough about the english national opera are now in in the uk um, are now offering free singing lessons to um, those people who have had covid and are still suffering some of the long-term effects of covid point being that um, music now uh, for many many years has has kind of been one of those arts that uh, 
you know, is used in all sorts of contexts to help people kind of distract from, you know, mental, physical pain and all that sort of thing. And I'm sure um, I can tell by, I mean, you are a very, very, very emotional, passionate lady. I mean, I have seen, I have to tell you this, Elaine, I know you weren't expecting me to say this, but I have stood in that rehearsal I mean, and there was one occasion, and I don't remember the exact date, but it was in the last year, we were in Lincoln Park and we were singing a song and I literally almost saw you levitate out of that chair during the singing of one of our songs. And obviously other people noticed as well because I remember like several people coming to the end of the rehearsal and they said, did you just see Elaine? Did you see Elaine? Oh my God, she was like almost flying. And I said, I know, I know, I couldn't believe it. Like it was just amazing. And I see you and you have tears of joy in your eyes and you are so, you're so responsive to the whole choir and the music environment well it's very it's very easy to be responsive to it um it uh i couldn't even begin to explain um how much music has meant in my entire life uh and and it it it, it is a a, a pretty painful disease and and i would be in the hospital with at that time my I was a uh, Walkman listening to music all day long. But then, but, but Choir Jamie is something even at, at, a, at a different level. Um, and I can't even begin to explain what being in that room with, um, with all those special people. And like I said, I've been, I've been in music in different ways in musical theater and choirs my entire life, but this is something incredibly special. The people, and I, th I think I said this to you the, at the end of the first night, I have never felt so welcomed anywhere in my life. And uh, the, I just, I, I felt, I felt like I was with family and I felt like I was home. And the music, and I, I, I bet I know what song you're talking about. And I think it was Sing. It was. And, it was saying yes. It was. It was. And and I mean, I often, you know, I think as I'm driving around the city, <laughs> thinking, yes, I'm the idiot that's going around singing, singing all the time. But just, yeah, it 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 just brings me so much joy. It 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 brings me joy, not just being in the physical building and singing, but. I mean, that's why I, you know, I think Zoom is not as great or whatever. Um, it certainly is being in person. But if you can just bring back in these terrible times and bring back the memories of being in, you know, and, and singing something inside so strong and, and all those, you know, just, just the powerful, powerful words in, in that music can, can just transform you, can just make the gloomiest of days the happiest of days. And, you know, it's lovely how you talk about how you feel so welcome at the choir, because, you know, again, maybe you're not aware of this, but um, I guarantee that every single time there's a choir, an in-person choir rehearsal, you know, at least one person comes to me and says, right, is there a space for Elaine? Have we made, has somebody made a space in the alto section for Elaine? We have, we have to make a space for Elaine. They don't even know whether you're coming or not. They anticipate that you're going to come. And somebody, so, so I, I just feel that that is... <laughs> that's very, very uh, kind of 
I don't know what the word is, but what does that tell you about the impact that you have had? And obviously people hold you in very, very high esteem and, and, and so they should. You're a very valued member of this cool choir community, whether you realize it or not. Well, and, and, and several people have said that. And, and, and honestly, I mean, it's just, uh, it's touched my heart in ways I can't, can't explain. And, and, um, and I know, I, you know, I would say like, I'm sorry, I'm being a nuisance and all, you know, the, the lifts in the, in, in the new Inglewood location, whatever. And everyone, Hannah, everyone was just saying, don't ever not think of coming. Just, you know, we want you here. And, and it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's been a welcoming and an inclusion. And I mean, sometimes I know that in, you know, whether it was in my personal life or in my professional life that people who haven't been around someone in a wheelchair maybe feel uncomfortable. So I would always feel like I'll, you know, I'd be the one to go up and talk to them. And, you know, because I don't feel like I'm any different than anyone else. So I thought, well, I need to show them that I am just like everyone else. And I do the same things as everyone else. And, um, but with choir, it was, it, it was immediate, immediate welcoming, you know, from Karen and Christine saying, no, you need to be up front and be able to see Jamie and, and to uh, people telling me about their summer. It, it was just amazing. Just oh, amazing. Good. I'm really, and really I never happy. feel like, I, I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, you know, the, the people are so kind and, and so helpful and in every way. And like you said, I don't always, because it depends on when we have the kids at which night I, I go to. And I mean, that's also, that's also been great for me too, because I've met people from every single one of the choirs. So. Amazing. And actually, you know, people um, will kind of, well, I always think the choir should be an extension of, you know, it's just a community. It's a friend. I try to, because I feel, I feel like I try to be friendly and welcoming. And I think that that must, I must in, well, I like to think that I instill that in the community as a whole. So it's really nice that when, you know, when people such as yourself actually say, you know, and you're a relatively recent member of the choir. Um, and it's really nice when you hear that, oh, you know, you were, you were very, very welcome. But I, I wanted to move on to something else just for a moment, because I know also you was you said something, you made a little statement there a, a few moments ago, and you were saying that you always project yourself and you project your life, um, you know, just like everybody else. And for me, that's the thing that has come across more than anything else. When I see you posting on Facebook or, you know, you like you'll quite happily say, I went for a walk or I went for a run or I went for a swim or I went for this. I did this. I did that. Like you've never, ever, ever said anything along the lines of, oh, well, you know, I, I wheeled myself through the city or I did this or like you just you talk and about yourself and about your life um, as if you have absolutely no barriers whatsoever. And this, I think, is really at the very heart of the most ins like the inspiring person that you are. Um, I mean, I see you. Um, you drive everywhere. You don't rely on anybody for anything. You are just such a fiercely independent, um, you know, amazing person. And I feel that, you know, so often there are people that in this world that are kind of, you know, oh, I've, oh, I've got a bit of this. I've got a bit of that. And they're sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. And then you meet somebody like you and you think, 
just wow is the only only descriptive word wow but 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 i'm but i'm also very lucky um you know i i, I always say that everyone has something it's just mine is visible and and you know you i i, I say so you never you never know when you go to the grocery store that the person in front of you hasn't lost their child the day before you, everyone has things they have to deal with in life. And I mean, look at you with your mom and you know how painful that was, but yet you, you don't have a sign around your neck saying, I just lost my mom. It's just, mine is visible. And, and, and you know, I, I won't um, lie to say that sometimes it's, it, it's not difficult, especially with, with the, with the degeneration that something I could do one day, I can't do the next day. And, but, um, but I, I, I've always felt like I have to make, I have to make a choice and like we all do in life. Um, and that, that I either choice, I either make the choice to live my life or I choose to exist till the end of my life. And I choose the first. And I've been very, very lucky to have a wonderful family who um, is who, who completely supports that, and uh, you know, so we do we do all sorts of all sorts of stuff. There's no there, there's there's no barriers. Um, you just have to figure out a way to do it. You've got me a little bit choked up here, Elaine. If I'm quite honest, I, it's very hard for me to follow or respond very much to to what you've what you've said there. I mean, there's 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 really no words. But I, what I will say is that. You know, I love when you post photographs of, you know, your grandchildren who are sort of climbing all over you like a climbing frame. And I just think those pictures and your dog as well, it's just so, so heartwarming. And I know how much your grandchildren especially mean to you. And thank God, you know, like you said a few moments ago that you, you know, you have, you know, you had children and as a result, you now have these grandchildren. And oh, I can only imagine, you know, how much they love and adore you. Oh, well, it, it's mutual. I mean, that's the other thing that that I'm I'm very lucky to have, you know, these two great little kids that um, live with us part time, and uh, and I mean, there's there there's people who aren't necessarily always supportive of that, who think, well, with my age and disability, I should just be sort of kicking back and enjoying life. And I'm going, hey, I'm kicking back. I'm enjoying. I'm having a great time, and. Uh, keeps me going, keeps me young, keeps me involved in life. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's mutual. They're absolutely love every moment with those kids. And I think you've just inadvertently used a word that I dislike very intensely, and that is disability. I mean, certainly I don't believe in the word disability. I just, uh, I don't, I, I don't believe that anybody has. Their disability is, is purely something that they themselves either limit or don't limit themselves with you know like you said you made a choice your choice was you know you're either going to to you know curl up and feel sorry for yourself or you're going to live your life and you know you made that choice so I'd be very careful <laughs> about using the word disability in your circumstances definitely not <laughs> well it, it it certainly doesn't it doesn't bother me one little bit um I, none of none of that stuff is I am well, I guess we're both British. We're so not PC. <laughs> so, 
it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter but uh yeah just um and and i i, I don't ever mean to minimize i mean certainly people will say well, they, oh i've just got a cold and look at you i shouldn't complain but you know, you're, you're entitled to feel bad when you have a cold um, the human we're all human and you know and like you say we're both british and one thing i'll say about the british elaine we love to moan and complain <laughs> In fact, the Australians call us moaning poms, or sorry, whinging poms. They call us whinging poms. Whinging. Poms, P-O-M-S, P-O-M-S is the word that, I don't know where it comes from, don't quote me on this, but the, uh, you have to Google it, everybody. But um, yeah, the Australians call the Brits poms, and they say we're always moaning and whinging. Well, I used to do a lot of moaning and whinging when I lived in the UK because the weather was so awful all the time. It was so miserable and grey and wet. But I haven't ever moaned about weather since I moved to Calgary. And I know you love the snow just as much as me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love every bit of it. Love this city and love the mountains and love the, you know, just, just being able to um, to be outdoors and so many places, so many beautiful places in the city to be outdoors. We're very lucky to live here. We really, really are. And uh, at this particular time of recording, we are just about to start preparing to record a virtual choir project on an original song that I have written all about Calgary called Under Calgary Skies. And uh, this hopefully is going to become a love letter for everybody else as it has me to, the, to this city. But I want to say a huge thank you anyway for uh, giving up your time today and, uh, you know, recording this very inspirational podcast. Got me quite choked up at one point, I have to tell you. Um, but I know that people will have absolutely thoroughly reveled and enjoyed speaking and hearing about, excuse me, hearing about um, your story today. What an incredible, amazing, inspirational lady you are. And thank you very, very much, Elaine. Well, I just wanted to say thank you to um, to everyone in Cool Choir for um, for the love they show me. And I want to uh, I want to thank particularly you because Cool Choir wouldn't be wouldn't attract the kind of wonderful people they have without uh, the wonderful director that you are. And uh, it it it. It's been huge in my life, so thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks for tuning in to Cool Chats today. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for our next episode, profiling the lives of our beautiful Cool Choir community across Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Until then, sing loud and proud, everyone.